Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, the Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And today we are talking Akeem Ekwanu. Ekwanu. Yeah. Jerry? That, Jerry. Yeah. Akeem Ekwanu. Akeem I, I, I did some, I did some uh, Google searching to make sure I tried to say his name as best as I could. Because I usually butcher guys' names. And, and he goes by Icky, like, you Icky. know, old Icky Woods, because From an old... Melon will be calling him Icky. <laughs> Icky, yeah. He says that's what everybody calls him, like, during games yeah. and stuff, so... Yeah. Um, so we're going to be continuing our draft profile series today. Uh, he is a left tackle out of NC State. Uh, so we talk about him in a minute. Uh, we will start with a little bit of news. There's a couple of pieces of... Uh, news out there that we wanted to discuss so jerry take it away uh ian thomas freshly off that nice signed contract that was way overpaid faces five misdemeanors for trying to evade police on his dirt bike this actually occurred before the signing i believe it happened in july yeah but yeah it was last year the, what uh, were the panthers the, aware of this these pending charges know. before they Signed him. I don't, I don't know. think anyone asked Fitterer about that today. Um, no. But, how? What are you doing? It, it, uh, come on, man. <laughs> it, the, what are your, you di- doing? your dirt bike didn't have a license plate. You're probably driving in somewhere you shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Just, just get pulled up. Just talk to the cop. Apologize. Take your ticket and move on. Running is not the way to go on that, especially someone in your type of position. You know, I mean, I understand there's still people. Yeah, um, no, I... A lot of these guys are, they've been coddled their whole lives. They've always been the best. They they uh, oftentimes don't think the rules apply to them or that if they do get in trouble, they'll just get off because of who they are. Well, you're Ian Thomas. You're not Aaron Rodgers. You're not Tom Brady. You're going to get a ticket. You're going to get charged, and <laughs> he did. But, I mean, just running is just a stupid thing. I yeah, mean, it's stupid I just, for anybody, yeah. I mean, he, he's not 16 years old. Right. I think at, at his age, uh, he's been in the league for, what, three, four years? So he's got to be four like years, 23, yeah. 24 He's 25, least. I think. Okay, so at yeah. that point, it, I knew better than to run over some a stupid ticket. I mean, mm, yeah. that's Not to say that I didn't do that when i was that age but at least i was in a car oh see no not me i guess (laughs) i was too fearful of getting in trouble i guess yeah well the worst part was when i did it in a car and then my car uh broke down as soon as i took a curve and i had to pull over anyway because my car had broken down and then i see the policeman in his jeep cherokee taking the curve on two wheels coming after me and then another policeman comes up and then i have to sit there for 30 minutes while they discuss what's going on <laughs> so my car betrayed me but uh yeah so i only did it once <laughs> I, I mean i guess <laughs> so what yeah. you're saying is make sure your vehicle's in top shape before running always main yeah maintenance on the vehicle very important <laughs> very important um, yeah, speaking of Ian Thomas, uh, Scott Fitter, GM, who signed Ian Thomas to that luxurious deal, 
uh, spoke at the Combine. Uh, Combine's starting up this weekend, and he had his media availability. They, uh, Matt Rule did not have media availability to the general pool of reporters. I think he did speak to some Charlotte reporters. Uh, but Fitter spoke, and he said some interesting things, and, and specifically uh, Ian Thomas-related. He talked a little bit about that deal. He said that they, they felt Ian Thomas was somewhere right in the middle of starting tight ends, which is where he's being paid, which I no, disagree he, with. Um, uh, in fact, the question, fact that he is in the middle of starting tight ends, I think he's on the low end. Go ahead. Yeah. Why Why would you <clears throat> jump out and pay him that, though? You're, yeah. you're not just trying to say, hey, here's a, you know, you take care of your guys when they produce. He's not producing. Right. And, and um, good. That's... I was going to say, that's what I don't get about that. If you really think he's middle of the pack, let him test free agency. Because you probably could, he probably would have gotten more less money, and you could probably bring it back less. I just didn't understand jumping and doing it. I know we've, yeah. we've talked about that before. but I was just going to say, go check out our, our last uh, podcast episode where mm-hmm. we, talk, we talked in depth about Ian Thomas and generally the thought process behind... Um, behind that signing or at least our thought process behind that signing but uh he did speak a little bit about ian thomas Uh, he said that he also said that they believe that he can be better than Mm -hmm. you know 16th best tight end or or however they view him um they clocked him at 20 miles an hour on a gps while he's running which great you know uh, congratulations um they i think overrate his blocking ability but he again talked about how good of a blocker he is so they're they're very happy with the signing, you know. Yeah, uh, and, and he also talked about Ben McAdoo's use of the tight mm-hmm. end a lot. And, you know, we mentioned that on the podcast. That's great, but it, we haven't seen the production for that. That's yeah. why do, it's so confusing. They're betting but, on they're betting that with Ben McAdoo, with more opportunity, that Ian Thomas will produce. Remains to be seen. I don't believe it's going to happen. Uh, I hope it does happen, obviously, because that would be good for the Panthers. But we'll see. That's yeah. that's their thought process. They just they think he's going to produce. So my biggest, best quote from his interview at the Combine is when they talk about Brady Christensen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of what role they see him as, what, you know, everything. This is a quote. Talking to Coach Campen, our new O-line coach, he said, Wow. I wish this guy would have played more. I wish I would have seen more of him at left tackle. Now, that is the quote. You know, I could play back so many podcasts of us during the season saying, why aren't we playing him at left tackle? Mm -hmm. We need to see more of this guy. Especially when the season was lost and, you know, we were in the crap, you know. Yeah. Why? Why? So... Who's pulling the strings? Was Matt Rule out there, like, saying no Brady Christian? Was it Joe Brady? Like, why is Matt Rule not pulling these strings? If another head, another offensive line coach comes in and says, oh, he looks good, I wish I would have seen more of him, in your crappy year that you did nothing, you got the sixth pick with. What? Well, yeah, I mean, it's obviously Matt Rule is the one that, that makes those personnel decisions on game day, I think. Um if not, he's. The, I mean, he certainly has the final call. Um, but yeah, I like that Campen said this. It makes me like him even more, and I already like yeah. him quite a bit. Um, 
but yeah, like you said, it's that's what all Panthers fans were kind of asking is, you know, we spent a, a third round pick on this guy. Why is he not out there at least getting an opportunity when when obviously your other options are so bad? Yeah, Just and give him the decent. shot. And he, and looked, he looked exactly. And Fitterer mentioned that. Fitterer said, you know, every time that he was out there playing left tackle, he looked pretty good. Uh, and honestly, for a rookie, that's especially a third round rookie. That's all you can ask for, really, is to look pretty good, you know, mm-hmm. and to show promise. So it does make me wonder, um, because Fitter also said that if they end up finding a left tackle in the draft or free agency, that they could put Brady at guard. Well, Brady did not look good at guard. He looked bad at guard. I think Brady is a left tackle in the NFL. Whether that's a starting left tackle or a rotational guy, I you know, that remains to be seen. But I don't think he's a guard. I he he did not play well at either guard position when he was put out there. So again, he could grow, he could get better at it. But he's naturally gifted, naturally talented at that left tackle position. I I don't understand why they wouldn't play him there. No, I wouldn't either. Uh, it just it it blows my mind. A lot of these front office moves, these acquisitions, mm-hmm. and just have confused me the past few years. Uh, another cool thing he or not cool thing he said uh, on WFNZ. He didn't say it in the uh, combine interview, mm-hmm. but he did in our interview with WFNZ. And he mentioned that that we we're talking. They were talking about the salary cap. He said, "Stay tuned in the next week or two. There, you're going to see a lot of moves that free up cap space." Yeah. Um, he didn't. So that's good. He mentioned restructuring, but that also could be some cuts. Um, so that'll be very interesting for us to kind of keep track of. Um, just yeah, I would be surprised if that wasn't the case. I mean, that it's right around now is the time when that happens, and you have to free up space before free agency starts, mm-hmm. or you don't get to be free agency players. So um, less, yeah, that not less than two weeks away. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, so yeah, uh, he also mentioned, you know, that he uh, recognized that fans were um, getting impatient with the current regime not winning, and it sounded to me like he was basically saying it's win now for the coaching staff and potentially the front office as well. Um, so I would expect them to be making moves with a win now mentality. Don't know how much I love that because that often mortgages the future of your team, especially if a head coach or GM thinks that they if they don't win, they're not going to be here anyway. So nope. who cares if you have picks next year? Who cares if your cap space is held next year? If you're not there, then you don't have to worry about it. And if you win, then you'll figure it out at some point. I so. personally hope Tepper says, no, you're not allowed to trade away next year's picks says you traded all these away this year you got to live with what you've already done i you know maybe a six round pick okay i i get that but sure you know i hope he does lay down the law uh he also mentioned a lot about the quarterbacks how they've they're pretty much done they're with their quarterback in the draft the college quarterbacks he's pretty much done with them that he's going to start evaluating yeah. them he's going to start focusing in on some free agents and you know trade so we'll it see it did I sound think... like that that they were uh, entirely open to 
bringing in more competition at the QB position, which, thank God, it, they really it, should be. That's obvious. I feel like that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, it also seems like he was not enthralled with the college guys to be at six pick, which we all kind of think that anyways, but yeah. okay. nice little <laughs> nugget of information. Uh, he also brought up Terrace Marshall and Shai Smith need to step up next year. Mm-hmm. So It sounds to me like Shai Smith uh, needs to be on special teams uh, mm-hmm. in order to keep his keep a job on the team, uh, you know, special teams gunner or something like that. that. That sort of sounded like what he was saying, but it also seems like he could get some run at wide receiver as well, like, the, you know, that fourth wide receiver spot. So hopefully that is the case. I like Shai Smith. I think uh, I wish I would have seen more of him last year as well. Yeah, it's weird that this team, <clears throat> with the situation that they had towards the end of the season, we didn't mm-hmm. see these younger guys. We just yeah. did not, and I don't understand why. Yeah. But, again, uh any last thoughts or last things that of note from his interviews today? Um, you know, he mentioned a little bit about um, Stephon Gilmore and, and uh, Dante Jackson. Mm. You know, didn't really go into too much detail on them, but you know, they were asked. You know, if, if uh, basically they're just, they're they're looking at every everything essentially. <laughs> so yeah. you know, no 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 real um, information there, but it. Stefan Gilmore and his wife, who is also very vocal on Twitter, um, seemed like they were indicating today that that Stefan might be heading out of town. And that doesn't um, surprise me. Yeah, they they there it, were some cryptic tweets that made you lean in that direction. So, and another person who's probably gone is Hassan Reddick. Uh, yeah. He yep. said. Uh, we're going to let him venture out and test free agency. Uh, we feel it's the right thing to do since he's had back-to-back double-sack seasons. Why didn't you let it's Ian only Thomas? Because of his great blocking. <laughs> it's only the right thing to do if you're trying to get him cheap. I don't think you're going to get him cheap. No, you're not. That That's the only reason to do that is you you're, don't want to pony up and you're going to let him go out there and look and see what the the um, offers are. And then if the offers aren't uh, what you know Hassan Reddick hoped he was going to get, then maybe you get him cheap. But it sounds like Hassan Reddick and Stefan Gilmore, they both want to be here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the they can't afford both of them, I don't think. No, you can't. Yeah. And especially now, you're down to about $10 million right now. Even with restructuring and cutting players... They're going to free up $20 million. So you're looking at $30 million And if you trade for a quarterback, i.e., you know, a Garoppolo, Garoppolo or something, he's still... Yeah, yeah that's $20 That's going million. to cut into most of that, yeah. Yeah, so you, you can't really do much. Yep. Uh, you got to save 10 or so for draft picks and... Yeah. That's that's it. And then somehow yeah. you're, you're going to have to shuffle out an offensive line out there. So... Yeah, I, yeah it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um... You know, I'm not going to get too caught up in the salary cap thing. We've seen the Saints every year pull rabbits out of their hats, you know, with the salary cap. They keep kicking it down the road. The Panthers can do the same thing. You know, one day it'll come back to bite us, but if they really want to sign a player, I think they can make it work. Um, that being said, signing Reddick and Gilmore would pretty, would significantly hamstring them. To mm-hmm. go after a quarterback, a free agent quarterback, if that's what they decide to do. 
So I think if you're going to go draft quarterback, then that opens up your options a little bit. Um, or you just just ignore quarterback, honestly. And you wait a little later down the road. You look at cuts. You look at trades, you know, potentially before the season starts. Yeah. Um, uh, another thing he mentioned about those, you know, he was mentioning, you know, signing some of the players like DJ Moore and Brian Burns, mm-hmm. and they can push the money back. And yeah. both of those guys definitely need to be re-signed. Sure. Yep. So, yep. Uh, I would be yeah, happy there's to always see ways them can do wrap it. them up now. Agreed. Before yep. they get pricier and pricier. Yeah, particularly Burns, I think. I uh, did too. I would like to see him uh, secured for the future. All uh, right. Pat- any, any other thoughts there about uh, Scott Fitter or any other news? Uh, the only thing I thought was weird is that all the other coaches, except for I think three or four of them, mm-hmm. were open to the public except Matt Rule. And the uh, other I've... coaches were like, you know, coaches like really secure. Like I think Bill Belichick and you know, oh a yeah, he doesn't ever want like, to do that. Yeah, there's a couple that were. Matt Rule was the odd man out when you looked at the the coaching uh, the coaches that weren't going to speak. So that I did is find Te- that interesting as well. Is Tepper like? Trying to really kind of be quiet this offseason. I don't like think it, I think Tepper's hands off. I think he is hands off right now. I think he has washed his hands of this team. And if the Panthers do well this year, great. And if not, that's when he steps back in. But honestly, I think he's hands off. I don't think he's doing much right now with him. Hmm. I think he's focused on FC. Hmm. I really. I think. just thought that was really kind of odd. Really kind of odd that mm-hmm. Matt Rule was too good to do the interviews that the other coaches Oh, it's not that he's too good for it. He just knows what the questions are going to be. Yeah, he knows what true. the questions are going to be. He doesn't want to talk. Yep. He's going to be asked about his job. He's going to be asked about Cam Newton. And he doesn't want to talk about either. <laughs> and that's just, that's just the truth. He's scared. <laughs> And today is our draft profile day. We'll be talking about Akeem Ikwanu, left tackle out of NC State. Yeah, a local boy, uh, born here in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get started on him, I do want to read this one comment that was posted on our Kenny Pickett video because it literally made me bust out laughing when I read it. Uh, Keith wrote, if they draft Pickett, at the likely expense of shoring up this O-line again, I'll look forward to constantly exclaiming, Oh my God, they killed Kitty! I busted out <laughs> laughing when I read that. I am sorry. That was just too good. And that is, yeah. sadly, if we do draft Kitty Pickett, every time he gets sacked, I will probably be saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, I, I think we should just say it anyway. Regardless of who's back there. I think it's <laughs> yeah. just funny. Yeah, it works. <laughs> um, oh my but yeah, God, you know. killed Sammy! <laughs> <laughs> um, we have now talked about how many players here? Four players. So this is our fifth player that we're going to be talking about here in our draft profiles. Uh, we've gone through, this will be our third offensive lineman. We've done mm-hmm. two quarterbacks. Um and honestly, that's kind of what I would expect the Panthers to be focusing on here in the draft is going to be offensive lineman or quarterback in the first round, depending on they trade back or not. So this is, uh, I think, the, the third of 
that well the second of three offensive tackles that should go within the top six. Yeah, uh, and we'll talk about the other one here probably in a couple I mean, of weeks. Yeah, there's three elite tackles from what I'm hearing. Yeah. Right, and the good news is one of them should be available. Right, I mean. And I've seen mocks with all three, with Equanu you know, falling, with um, Neil mm-hmm. falling, and then who's across? Charles Cross, mm-hmm. the other one. I've seen uh, a lot of them with him. It seems like he's sort of most mock drafts. I see him at six. Yeah, seems, I see him as the a third tackle, third. but then I see a lot of big boards where he's the number one tackle in yeah. people's eyes. So. Right. And the combine starts. Him. Yeah, the combine starts this weekend. A lot of things will come clear then. There may be another tackle or you know offensive line player that shoots up the draft boards. Uh, Lindenbaum may blow people away and suddenly become a top five prospect at, at center, yeah. who we've already talked about. So um, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. And you know, next week when we do our next draft profile, we'll kind of do a little recap of the combine and see. See where everybody falls if we adjust our rankings or not. But uh, let's talk about Akeem here, Jerry. Yeah, Akeem Edwanu was born and raised here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and was a three-star recruit coming out of Providence Day High School. He received multiple offers, but ultimately decided to stay close to home and go to NC State. There, he would take over the left tackle spot his freshman year and never look back. He finished. The 2021 season as a unanimous All-American, first-team All-ACC, and earned the moniker Most Feared Lineman in the ACC by The Athletic. Uh, yeah, 2020 second-team All-ACC at guard and tackle. I mean, he's racking up those. He's, he's, he's very impressive. He's impressive, Jerry, and he also is good at guard and tackle. So yeah. He's versatile. And you know you know who loves versatility on the offensive line, Jerry? Matt Rule. Everyone kept saying he, he's a projected guard, guard as draft profiles, but I'm like, everything I read, he could play guard, but he's a left tackle. It's like, yeah. why, why question it? Yeah. Not to be mean, I've seen but... some of that too. I've seen some people where it seems like his size, how big he is. And how makes, powerful he is. Yeah, lends him to just being like an elite, elite guard. But he's an elite, elite left tackle Yeah, in college. And it seems like that's going to translate. We'll talk about some of his pros and cons here in a minute. But he is extremely talented, and he is really a natural fit at left tackle. I don't see why you would want to even try him at guard. Yeah, I don't either. I think you stick him at the left, left tackle spot and... Yeah. Forbid if something really okay, this guy just can't get over because we'll talk about his cons here in a little bit. Yeah. Then you could slide him inside. Sure. But you don't want he he's a top ten left tackle prospect. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's six four, three twenty. Uh, and that's a junior out of NC State. So he is a big boy. But again, he's extremely athletic. He's got very good technique. We'll talk about all that stuff here in a minute. Just looking at his stats, again, it's kind of hard to really drive in on statistics for these offensive mm-hmm. linemen. But a couple things you can look at. He played every game, stayed healthy throughout all college, which is great. Um, gave up no sacks in 2019, seven sacks in 2020, where he primarily played a left tackle, but also played a, a good bit of guard. 
Uh, and then three sacks in 2021. So he definitely improved there. Um, improved a lot on his pass blocking in 2021. Um, and he's pretty much an elite run blocker anyway. Um, if you look at his hurries, I mean, real consistent, 13 in 2019, 13 in 2020, and then 10 in 2021. And again, PFF grades, if you care about that sort of thing, uh, 80 in 2019 and 2020, jumped all the way up to a 91.6, one of the highest rated left tackles in college football. Um, and again, his pass blocking grade is elite, elite, elite. So, um, Did you yeah. say pass blocking or run blocking? His run blocking, excuse me. His oh, run okay. blocking grades are elite, <laughs> very elite. Yes. Yeah, yeah he, he's... He's a big Bama Jamma. He's, uh, let's just jump into the pros and cons. He is extremely powerful. Everything, he pushes and mauls people when he gets their, his hands on them. He's a former wrestler. Uh, excellent run blocker. I mean, he's probably elite run blocker on left tackle side. Uh, yep. Long arms, has great hand technique. Um, long arms, Jerry? Long arms, guess what? Matt Rule. There you go. You know, every time I see something about <laughs> arm length, I have to put it in on these tackles. Of course, yeah. We, <laughs> I, in fact, I was looking for his his the length of his arms. I was sitting there searching the internet trying to find that because I just wanted to put it in here. But I guess it <laughs> won't, gonna, we won't know for sure until the combine. Yeah, after this weekend, we'll, we're yeah. going to measure all, decide who Matt Rule wants by their arm length. Yep, we're just going to yeah. rank them by arm length. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's every position. Not just tackle. We're going to go with quarterback. Yeah, everything. Uh, powerful lower body. You know, able to push guys around. Mm -hmm. A three-year starter at left tackle and got better each year. Uh, he did have that dip with the seven sacks, but his PFF grade did get better, and mm -hmm. his pass blocking got better. It just yeah. didn't show up as much as the sacks. Um, ability to fit in any blocking scheme. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be power or anything else. He can play zone, power. Yep. Uh, he he comes from a family of athletes. His twin brother plays linebacker at Notre Dame. His father played college basketball in Nigeria. And his mother ran, was a track star in high school. And his dad was a college football player, too. Mm -hmm. And was like a 6'6", massive man. Yeah, yeah, um... Yeah, I put that in there kind of late. I thought it was interesting. I like when you've got lineage, you know, and you've got, you know, you know, not professional players with his dad and his mom, but they performed at a very high level when they were in, um, you know, college and high school. So I do like that he comes from a family of athletes. Um, that makes me, I don't know. I just like that. So I put it in there. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a pro. I, I'm telling you right now, I saw a picture of him and his family, and yeah, the yeah. sons look so athletic. Like, yeah. they look like mountain of people, like, to yeah. me, looking yeah. up. <laughs> um, looking at a couple of cons here, uh, he is inconsistent on his passing technique. Again, he's gotten better over the mm -hmm. years in his college, and honestly, if his run blocking wasn't so elite, I don't think you'd be saying much about his pass blocking, because it's still good. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's still very uh, above average. Pass but, but he may not, if his run blocking wasn't there, he may not be a top 10 pick. He would probably, probably be more yeah, like a probably. top 15, top 20. Sure, yeah. 
Um, so he does, you know, that is what he has to work on. Um, footwork needs a little improvement against speed rushers. Uh, one of the things I noticed about him was he is elite elite when he can get off first mm-hmm. and get kind of into the defensive backfield a little bit. Um, but if he's going to get somebody really fast who gets off quicker than him, he does struggle a little bit. So again, that's a lot of that is just technique. You know, that they'll yeah. coach that into him in the NFL. Um, and then agility and mobility are above average, but again, not elite. A lot of that, again, is technique. So not too and, concerned with any of that. And you could coach that. That yeah. is that is what a coach camping is for. Uh, and some of that might be drop 10 pounds, you know, and you yeah. get a little faster. You know, they, they might just need to narrow down where his weight works mm-hmm. in the NFL. Yeah, we always do cons, and I hate doing it on some of these really elite type of prospects mm-hmm. because you're like, we're nitpicking, but that's, you know, what you well, have hey, to these do. Guys, you know, and again, it's not that saying that we this is why we don't like these guys. We love this guy. We, I would be pumped if this was our sixth pick. Oh, absolutely. But he's coming from college, and he's going into the NFL, and there are things that he's going to have to work on. So, again, not, yeah. not a big deal. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he obviously is... He's a beast. He's huge. He's a local guy, which doesn't I it doesn't that doesn't make any difference to me really, but some people like that. Some people like that he, he kind of grew up around here. Um gets his I, I like it for the simple fact that he may be surrounded by family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It kind of helps keep him grounded instead of True. going out to a new city all by himself or bringing his you know, his hanger on or, Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. for O linemen, because everything I've ever always heard is the O linemen are really down to earth, chill guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely not like the wide receiver crew. No. You know. <laughs> so yeah, that that is true. I didn't, I didn't really think about that, but that that is definitely a pro if you're looking for a guy to transition a little easier. Maybe is to be close. That, to home. Be close, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, mom's there, dad's there, you know, brothers mm-hmm. up in Notre Dame. But I mean, like. Yeah. It's nice, I guess. Right. <laughs> um, all right, so we so we always do our questions here about each player. Um, and this one's pretty easy. I mean, does this player fit the current roster? Yeah. yeah. This is why we're talking about these offensive linemen is because it's a huge need for the Panthers. Yeah. So, yeah. He definitely it's like a big them. black hole on that right. offensive line <laughs> minus Taylor Moten. Yep. Uh Will this player fall to the Panthers at six? I I don't know. I, I this is the one I really have. <sighs> if he, he put may... a gun to my head, I would say no. You know, put a gun to my head, I think he I think he's probably a top five pick. I think it goes to the Giants before the Panthers. Yeah. So I would I would lead seventy percent no because I think the Giants really like him. Now Gettleman's not there anymore. <clears throat> so you wonder if the new GM that's coming in is going to want to separate himself a little bit from the hog molly man himself and maybe not go big offensive lineman. But they need a they need offensive Gettleman loved the hog mollies, but he couldn't pick them. <laughs> yeah, but he did love them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Vernon <laughs> Butler in the first round. There you right. go. Oh, my God, Vernon Butler. <laughs> uh, 
would you be excited to draft this player? Well, we've we've said that, yes. Yeah, yeah. And and another hog molly, Kelvin Benjamin. Hmm. Okay, sorry. <laughs> he turned into a hog molly for sure. Um, I think we should change that question to would you be I think maybe we talked about this. Would you be excited to draft this player at six? We can change that. Yeah, let's change yes, that for I- for the ones. I mean, it doesn't really um, come into play here, but yes, I would. I would be happy to stay at six if this is the guy we got. Oh yeah, I would too. I, he's a really talented elite mm-hmm. prospect. Yeah. In a position of need, so yeah, I would say yes. Looking at the big board. Big board, real quick, running it down. Evan Neal, offensive tackle, Alabama's number one. Tyler Linderbaum, center, Iowa, is number two. Kitty Pickett, quarterback from Pitt, is number three. And Malik Willis, QB, Liberty, is at number four. I know where I want to place him, and I would place him right below Evan Neal. I, I heard a lot of people talk about him and want to put him above there. And that was before I did my, you know, research. So yeah. once I started getting into it, I want whatever quarterback to get a better passing left tackle right now. Yeah. I think I would be ecstatic with Ikuanu, but I'd prefer Evan Neal over him. Yeah, I was thinking of having him at one, but I agree. I think... Evan Neal's passing pass blocking is just better enough to where I think I would rather have him, and I would put him above Linderbaum uh, yeah. at two. So I think yeah, two is two is where he fits. All right. Any last thoughts on a keep or anything? Actually, because you know we're signing off. <laughs> no, I, I'm looking forward to the combine. Um, I'm hoping and I expect, fully expect, that there's going to be some guys that I haven't really been thinking about. They're going to stand out. And if nothing else, they're going to make me do some more research and see who these guys are. And, and I think we'll probably add two or three guys to our draft profile list that we want to talk about. Yeah, you know, the, our profile list is growing and growing. Because yeah. that Northern Iowa kid I don't think I originally had on there, but we got to add him. So. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, just keep an eye on the combine. If anybody out there, you see anybody that you think we should be targeting at six or you know, really anywhere in, I would say, like the top 20 of the first round, uh, or a surprise that you think we could get later on that you want us to kind of mention, I think we're going to probably do a, an episode, usually we do, where we talk about some later round guys that yeah. you know the Panthers should take a flyer on. One of those being Tommy Tremble from last year. Yeah. So keep an eye on that. And another one, I think uh, we had, who was the XFL player? We dra- Kenny Robinson. Kenny Robinson. We yeah, we about, both uh, focused year. in on Kenny yep. Robinson. Unfortunately, yep. he has not panned out as much as we hoped. No, but I heard that um, they clocked him on the GPS going 20 miles an hour. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, that's slow if a tight end's doing it in a safety right. key. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's going to do it. Yeah, and we're going to probably start coming out with these more, especially once the combine is done, because we could get a little bit more information. Mm-hmm. And we've got like close to 20 now before the draft, so yep. that's a month and a half away. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening. If you like the show, please let your friends know. Please follow us on Twitter, at MeowMixPodcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at mailbag at MeowMixPodcast.com. 
And if you leave us a five-star review with a comment on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on the show. Next episode, we'll be looking at safety. Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. That'll be a fun episode. Some people are saying he's the best player in the draft, regardless of position. So I'm excited to watch Mm -hmm. his highlights. Same here. I'm wondering if he's like going to be a Jamal Adams type, you know, where his impact of the, on the game from that position. So uh, I'm interested. I'm, I'm looking forward to looking into him because I haven't really yet. Because I don't yeah, I haven't either. Be, yeah, I don't expect him to be a target. But um, so yeah, looking forward to that. And until next time, everyone, stay safe out there and keep pounding. <laughs>